This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Understand that we all bear fruits, every single one of us. Whether you gave your life to the Lord a week ago or 10, 20 years ago, we all bear fruit. The question is, is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? Is it thorny? Is it worthless? And again, this is vital. This is important for the believer in Christ. And the reason is, let's put it this way. Is God serious? Oh, yes, he is. If you've ever taken a walk through the woods in the summer, you know that not all fruit is useful. Many plants produce berries. You can find all kinds of berries of many different colors growing on the trail. But if you've eaten the wrong kind of berry, you know that they don't all bring nourishment and energy. Today, Pastor Eddie encourages you to bear good fruit. Whether you know it or not, you're bearing fruit right now. Will it be useful to the kingdom, though? Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he begins his message, Better Things for You. Let us turn to our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to read from verses 7 to 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 7 to 12. The writer of Hebrews writes this. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those but whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we read the text. Let us look at the text. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. The writer of Hebrew writes this, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receive blessing from God. But, If it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. And so we're going to look at this verse by verse. However, I just wanted to read it again so we can see that he's giving us an illustration here, an allegorical image uh, to further explain the warning that we've studied in verses 4 and 6. We studied that last time, chapter 6, verses 4 and 6, the warning of falling away. He's going on to illustrate it, to give like his parable, if you will. 
and to the importance of spiritual maturity and the danger of spiritual immaturity. There is a danger. And we think that, okay, we're saved, we're repented, we're born again. We can live our lives in any way and not fear God and don't care about whether we, what, what we do offends God, offends others around us. There is a problem with that. Probably if, you, if you're in that situation, you probably need to reevaluate your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because what happens is there should be some fruit. And we all produce fruit. As Christians, we produce fruit. The question is, what kind of fruit are we producing? But let's look at this. Let's look at verse 7. It says, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it. The earth, no, the entire planet. He's giving us a, a, a picture here because men, many uh, of those who are reading this letter, the first reader of Hebrews, you know, they know what it's like to plant and grow and reap. You know, I don't know that. I'm not good at that stuff. I was born and raised in the concrete jungle. You know what I mean? That's, I don't know anything about planting, Okay. <laughs> I know God does a better job than I do for sure. Um, all I know is how to cut the grass, you know, weed whack, and blow the leaves. That's all I know. Everything I plant dies for some reason. Um, I don't have time to learn that right now. But they understand the process. And I think even for myself, being born and raised in the city, I know that, hey, if you plant a seed, it grows. It needs to be watered. And so, but they understand it a lot better. This is, this is their life. This is what they do. And so he gives the picture that the earth, everything, it soaks up the falling rain everywhere. It rains everywhere. Even where you have weeds, it's going to rain there. That's what he's saying. So to the believer in Jesus Christ, every single one of us, we've received the word of God. We've been, he's talking to believers now. We could actually compare this with the parable of the sower and the seed, but the sower is planting the word of God, the gospel. And depending the soil of the heart, whether it's stony ground or with thorns and thistle, or if it's a good soil, it'll receive the word. That is the illustration, a parable of those, you know, receiving the gospel. Here, he's talking about, he's using the same illustration, but he's talking about that the rain that's been poured out, as it pours out into the world, into the planet, into the ground, so too the believer in Jesus Christ who have come to faith receive the same things. God shows partiality to no one. Once we are born again, we receive, and as a matter of fact, the Bible says that when you're born again, you're complete in Christ. The moment you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you, you're a new creation. The Bible says that you're complete in him. You're complete, and you may think, well, you know, Pastor Eddie is far from complete, or even yourself, you honest, you, I'm not complete. Yeah, you know, right, you know, we need to grow in our faith, and we mature, yes, so practically, no, you're not complete, but positionally, who you are in Christ, yes, you are. Because of Jesus, we're complete. You know, we could we could chime in with the psalmist when he writes Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have everything I need. Once you're born again and Christ is in your heart, you have no need of anything because he's everything, right? He's going to supply all your needs, not all your wants. I know you want a Harley Davidson. I know you want a boat. Well, some of you. And, but those are not needs. Those are wants. But he will supply all your needs. And here, when we come to Christ, everything we need you know, to grow in our faith is given to us. And that's through the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the one that speaks of the Son. He testified of the Son. When Christ was here on earth, he testified of the Father. Now the Holy Spirit's in us on the day of Pentecost. We accepted Christ. He's in us. The Holy Spirit testifies of Christ. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, when he comes in you, he's going to bring to remembrance everything I have taught you. We need strength to grow in our faith. The Holy Spirit is there. And so we're complete in Christ. So in the same way that the earth receives the rain, it soaks up all the rain. Everyone who comes to Christ, we're complete in Christ. So we have everything we need. We have the word of God. As a matter of fact, we have the word. The word is more available to us than it was to the people in the, you know, the first readers of Hebrews. Think about it. Even Abraham didn't have the Bible. Abraham, we're talking about Abraham. This is before Moses came in the picture. The book of Genesis was not written. The commandments weren't even written. But here you have a man like Abraham who believed in God. In Genesis 15, he said it was accounted for him as righteousness because of belief. Before the law, before a Bible. But today we have so many Bibles. We have them in every language, every color. We have them on our electronic devices. Think about it. And yet, we are further away from the Lord. How is it that those, even the first readers of Hebrews, they grew and they multiplied? The church, book of Acts, said they would, that daily, many were added to them. The first day of the day of Pentecost, 3,000 gave their life to the Lord. Think about it. But we have everything we need. The rain is poured down. The word of God's been given to us. So connecting this, remember, he's trying to just prove his point by giving us this allegorical image, this parable, if you will. He's trying to prove his point, going back to verses 4 and 5. These Hebrew believers who wanted to go back to the law, you know, they all have been enlightened. We all have. We all have tasted the heavenly gift, every single one of us. We all partake of the Holy Spirit, that's us, and tasted the good word of God. We have it. It's available to every believer in Christ. However, here it goes on in verse 7, it says, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those who by whom is cultivated receive blessings from God. So here it describes a, a ground that has is good soil, it, it's useful, it's fruitful, it receives the rain, now it's producing fruit. It is useful for those whom is cultivated. The farmer is like, wow, this is great soil. This is good soil. It's producing fruit. And just as the ground produces useful fruit, herbs, produces good fruit, so too with the Christian who is spiritually mature. Verse 7 gives us one who's a Christian who is spiritually mature. They are producing godly fruit. They receive the rain, the sun, everything that's needed to grow the fruit, to, to, so they could produce fruit, and now they are mature. However, look at verse 8. But, but, this is in contrast, but if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. Now, this is where we need to do a self-examination. He's been, since chapter 5, verse 11, 
the writer of Hebrews kind of turned. For, he wanted, he's, he's proving that Jesus is the great high priest, and we're going to get there. But what made him deviate from further explaining Jesus Christ and Melchizedek, the, the high priest? They were dull of hearing. He went on to talk about those who were spiritually immature, dull of hearing, unable to teach, unable to discern. Now we're looking at those who are being able to produce fruit. This is important for us as believers in Christ. You know, quite too often we, we, we are Christians by name. And we say we're Christian because we go to church. We say a prayer, and that's it. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love, I listen to gospel every now and then. I got a couple of Christian books. But where's the fruit? Are you mature in Christ? He goes on to say you should be teachers by now. We saw this a few studies ago. How long you've been a Christian, and you have yet to produce fruit? Examine your life. You surrender your life to Jesus. Where is the fruit? And so he's giving us this picture because it's important. They understand this. The first readers of Hebrews, they understand this. Because they live off what they grow. Okay? We are grateful that we have to go to the supermarket. It probably takes you an hour to buy a fresh potato or whatever because you got to go through all of them and you can't find it. But think about it. They didn't have to go to the supermarket for their produce. They didn't have to go to the supermarket as we do. They lived off the land. And they know the importance of, you know, planting and reaping. They know when a tree, when a plant bears good fruit. This is the picture here. The question is, as a believer in Jesus Christ, am I immature or I'm a mature Christian? There's no between ground. Okay? When, when, come, when, when someone comes to saving knowledge of Christ, they repent and become a Christian. There's no first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. No, no. You're either growing in your faith or you're not. You're either producing fruit or you're not. There are Christians that I've seen that they gave their life to the Lord in less than a week. They're leading other people to Christ. They're bringing people to the cross. Because of their testimony, they said, well, if God could save my friend John, who's been, he got saved, then I want what he has. And it just continued on. They just got saved. And they don't know much, but they're just sharing the gospel. And then they continue to grow together. So how long have we been a Christian? Are we producing fruit? We've been in the field. So in contrast to the first here in verse 8, he's saying that it bears Thorns and briars. In other words, and it, and it what? It's, it is rejected. A farmer looks at that. This, this tree is not producing fruit. It is rejected. It is near to being cursed. Near to being cursed. So there's an opportunity. Maybe it could be pruned. Maybe, you know, as we fall, right, we can get back up. Are you producing fruit? Does it show that you really surrender your life to Christ? It says that the end is to be burned. It's to be burned. And that's serious. So you may look, oh, that's a nice little, oh, okay, let me draw a little picture about that. No. There's, a, there's something serious here. Salvation is serious. God, we should reverence the Lord. We should reverence the Bible. We should reverence our life and fear God. It's a healthy fear. What's the, 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 the proverb tells us? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, understand that we all bear fruits, every single one of us. Whether you gave your life to the Lord a week ago or 10, 20 years ago, we all bear fruit. The question is, is it good fruit 
is it useful? Or is it bad fruit? Is it thorny? Is it worthless? And again, this is vital. This is important for the believer in Christ. And the reason is, let's put it this way. Is God serious? Oh, yes, he is. Is, your soul, is it serious that your soul entered the kingdom of heaven? Yes, it is. Is it serious how you represent Christ as an ambassador? You're here to represent, you know, the Lord? Yes, it is. It's serious. How many times do you hear people say, well, I don't go to church because of Christians. I know a lot of fake Christians, and they're in my family. That's why I don't go to church. Shame on them because they have no idea. You don't judge God by sinful man. <laughs> That's not, you know, we created God's image, but we're definitely far from being God. But how many people don't go to church because people say they're saved, they're born again, but there is no fruit. There is no evidence that you are a Christian. You're only a Christian when you go home or when you come to church. Do, does your family know you're a Christian by the fruit? Not because you say, yeah, I go to church. What do you mean go to church? People say, I go to church. You go to the movies. You go to the diner. What do you mean go to church? What does that mean? You know, everybody goes to church. A lot of people go to but what church you're going to, number one. <laughs> number two, where, where is your relationship with Christ? Does it show that you believe that God is real in your life? And so we see that. And so the question you need to ask yourself using this illustration in verse 7, 8, are you bearing fruit? Are you a mature Christian? Mature. You're growing in your faith. You're producing fruit or immature. You're not producing fruit. And, and you know, we need to be producing fruit. And it, what, how we live our lives should reflect on what we believe in. And that's Jesus Christ. And so the only way we can bear good fruit is by what? Jesus gave us, he told us in, when, he, when he spoke of, of the vine, to abide in him. The more we abide with Christ, the better we're able to produce fruit. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's speaking to believers, those who are following him. He who abides in me and I in him, is a combination, you abide in Christ and he's in you, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And the only way to bear fruit is to abide in Christ, Christ in you. Is Christ really in you? It's not only you abiding in Christ, but Christ abiding in you. And look what it says. He doesn't say just bears fruit, but bears much fruit. And that's the result of us growing in faith, bearing much fruit. And so the farmer, you know, what does he do when a field is unproductive? You know, he is rejected, is cursed. His end is to be burned. It's good for firewood. Think about that. Does that give you a picture? Hell, Yes. (laughs) Now, let's look at John 15, verse 6. The next verse, when Jesus said, abide in me, he said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. There is a danger, and there's an importance for us to grow in our faith, to grow in our faith in Christ Jesus. We need to grow, and we need to produce fruit. You know, we can see where, where do we get this fruit? What is this fruit? Well, we saw a 7 and 8, right? It gives us an illustration. There's the danger of falling away, and it's important for us to examine our lives, and I encourage you, examine t- t- sometime today. 
Maybe now, you know, but just pay attention to the Bible study. But, you know, just go home and say, you know, I've been a Christian for X amount of years. What kind of fruit am I producing? We're not talking about, you know, works is a part of it, but it's not works itself, but your testimony. Your testimony. Does this show that you're a Christian? And this is important. This is some... You know, this is the reason why you're not going to find this uh, study <laughs> given in a lot of churches today, right? Because it's not the one, the, the kind of thing you want to hear, right? If you knew you were going to hear this this morning, you probably said, oh, it's a good day to fall asleep. Oh, it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, but hey, this is conviction. Conviction is healthy, especially if it's from the word of God. You know, we need to examine our lives. We need to know whether or not we're producing fruit. And so he gives us the danger of falling away. He gave us an, he gave us an allegorical image, a illustration, a parable, if you will. Uh, now in verses 9 through 12, he speaks about better things concerning the mature Christian. Now from the warning, he's going to move over uh, to the encouraging here. And so in verse 9, he says, but be loved, but be loved. And now you know, this is a warm affection. He calls them beloved, by the way, so you students can understand. When, when the New Testament writes beloved, he is, he's not referring to unbelievers. It's only referred to believers. First uh, John, you see beloved. And beloved, Paul say beloved. Why? He's talking to Christians. He is talking now to Christians. But these are Christians that are mature. That are growing. Are they perfect? No. There's no such thing. We know that. We put that already aside. We're talking about producing fruit. Okay? You notice the, the pronouns. He changes from the we. He separates the we from us. So now he says from those, they, them to we now. But he says in verse 9, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that here it is accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner. In other words, I'm persuaded of things better, better for you because I can see the fruit that accompanies your salvation. I can see that you repented and you gave your life to Christ. I see the things that accompany that. You know, we forget about that as Christians. We think, okay, I'm saved. That's good. Okay, got my ticket to go to heaven. But we forget about the things that associate with that. It's how we live our lives. And the things that accompany. So he said, I know of things, but I, I can see I'm persuaded. I, I see how you worship. I, I, I see how you are faithful in ministry to the Lord first and to the church. I see how you have a desire for the things of God, for the word of God. And yeah, I can see the fruit of your salvation, the things that accompany salvation. You're not just a church goer. You're not just a Christian by name. You're growing in your faith. Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, 
the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. We will be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.